Hoffaday, and welcome to another great afternoon for Live Till 5. Uh, if you just started tuning in, you're listening to 88.1 KHMG. Uh, this is Harvest Family Radio. And uh, no, I'm not Jared. I'm Lawrence filling in for Jared. He's actually on uh, an anniversary trip right now with his wife over to Thailand. And uh, they're, I'm assuming they're having a great time. A uh, little vacation time away. He will be back next week. So he just asked me if I could fill in this week for him and uh, that I would be able to host the show, and I'm excited to do that. Uh, I've been part of the show for, for many weeks but and have hosted a couple times, so I'm excited to be here for him in his stead. Uh, I am joined by Sebastian on the board. He is going to be bringing a couple parts like normal, and then we'll have Chris in later on in the show with some news. But today we do just some some announcements. Uh, there is a girls volleyball game tonight at 5:30. JV's playing, uh, and then varsity will play after that against JFK. Uh, last night we had um, a golf outing uh, for the golf up at GICC, where um, I think the boys and girls defeated JFK. And then also here on campus we had the guys running against Guam High and won by a very very small margin, three points, I believe is what I was told, uh, which in, in, in running or in cross country is very small. So proud of them for a good job last night and, uh, and looking forward to some more great games um, even this evening with the girls volleyball team. Well, another thing we like to do here, just opening up the show, it's the first uh, show of the month. It's September 2nd and um, always an exciting time when you get into the second month of school. This is the final, th- uh, the final day of our full third week. And um, I, I know most of uh, the teachers and the students are getting comfortable by now. But one of the other things we do is our, our librarian sends us some information about what exactly is going on this month and what celebrations are happening. Uh, I also know most people are getting geared up for a f- Monday of no school or no work being a national holiday. In the second hour, we're going to be bringing up some of the things about Labor Day and uh, talk about why we have it and, and maybe some unknown things about that holiday. And uh, before we get there, though, I did want to bring up uh, some other things that are celebrated this month. So uh, start with All-American Breakfast Month. I'm a pretty big breakfast guy. I enjoy um, all sorts of eggs, bacon, anything uh, along those lines. Uh, Backpack Safety America Month. I'm going to assume that's probably backpacking in a mountain, not so much just coming to school. Uh, Be Kind to Editors and Writers Month. Also, Children's Good Manners Month. All parents should be uh, enforcing that. College Savings Month. Um, most students are off and started in college by now, but it's never a bad time to start saving. Eat Chicken Month. Always a good time for that. Happy Cat Month. International People Skills Month. Always a good thing to have uh, be learning there. Library Card Sign-Up Month. Mold Awareness Month. Hmm, I'm not sure about that one, but I guess it's always good to be aware of the mold around. National Chicken Month. Now, this may be different than the Eat Chicken Month. This is actually for the chickens. Mm-hmm. National Fruit and Veggies Month. National Head Lice Prevention Month. Imagine that being uh, queued up with the beginning of school. Uh, always a difficult issue in the classroom. National Passport Awareness Month. Uh, I didn't think September to be a heavy traveling month, but I guess it could be. Uh, National Prosper Where You Are Planted Month. Sounds more of a plant thing, but again, I guess it's if uh, I'm planted here, I might as well do my best and work hard where I'm at. National Rice Month, uh, very effective out here on Guam. Save the Koala Month. Shameless Promotion Month, very good. Shameless Promotion Month. Uh, I'm sure there's people that uh, may look into that. 
shamelessly. And lastly, what we're going to look at is our day. Some things we celebrate about what today is. 9-2 or September 2nd. We have uh, VJ Day was today, if you remember back in 1945. Uh, you have the signing of the um, truce or, or the end of the war agreement between Tokyo and America in Tokyo Bay in the U.S. Missouri. Bring your manners to work day. It's neat. Cow chip throwing day. That's disgusting. Hug your boss day. Sebastian, have you have you fulfilled that yet today? I think I'll do it right now. Maybe right now. Yeah, he's looking the other way. Hug your boss day. If you're already away from your work, um, sorry you missed it. National College Colors Day. Um, I'm I'm very pumped for college football to be starting this weekend. In fact, um, some big games were today. Uh, I saw Tennessee barely beat Appalachian State or Appalachian State um, in overtime. Tennessee's number nine in the nation, and Appalachian is not rated, but are ranked. Um, National Lazy Moms Day. There you go. Moms, you have a day where you can just, you know, I'm not sweeping. I'm going to sit here on the couch for a minute. And that's that. this is your day for that. And there's plenty of other days I'm sure you feel that way. National No Patrick Day, uh, which is from SpongeBob. And then Sand Sculpting Day. Uh, I'm not sure too many places. Of course, Guam, you could. But most places uh, are getting a little chilly for the beach by September. Um, but you could go down there and scan, sand sculpt if you so desired. Um, again, thank you for tuning in today. We're excited for our show. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I do have some special guests, some high school students that are going to be here to discuss their um, club and uh, give us some ideas of what goes on in a student club here at Harvest and the work that they put in to make those successful. Um, but stay tuned. We'll be back in a few. And we're back with another section of Live Tell 5. And uh, believe it or not, while we were away on break, I got a text from the very man who normally hosts this show, Jared Baldwin. He said, say hello to the radio fans for me. He is in Kaolak, Thailand. He's headed back to Bangkok tonight, and then over the weekend, uh, they will be traveling eventually back to Guam. But um, I, I didn't uh, think I'd be able to get a text. He is on this side of the world, so it does make sense that he's only a couple hours behind us, as opposed to um, when he's taken a trip to the States, and uh, it's been a number of hours different. But um, anyways, here in the show, or here in the studio, we are excited to have uh, a couple guests, uh, students of ours, that are part of clubs, part of student-led clubs in our school. And uh, I'll let them introduce themselves as we go. But we're going to go ahead and start with Xiao. And uh, you go ahead and give your name and what club you're resenting, representing today. Okay. Hi. My name is Xiao Wang, and I'm the president of Art Club. Great. So basically our purpose is try to enrich our students' perspective on art and maybe apply art not just inside of school like the art classes, but also apply it outside into the community, like how we can make our environment more colorful. Awesome. Awesome. What is one of the goals or uh, I guess you could say projects that the art club has planned for this year? Mm. 
last year we did the stairs so this year we plan on like expanding more opportunities in the school maybe like adding murals in like front of the um the on the walls of the art rooms or like even maybe some like the kindergarten building like you know the walls and like add sure. like different disney characters and stuff like oh know, they'd love that people make the children laugh and stuff you know yeah, have something to look forward to in the walls when they come into school. Our work has an awesome uh, effect on uh, just the atmosphere when you see things. The stairs, uh, by the way, coming up to the second floor by the library is what she's talking about. Uh, and what they did, a uh, pretty neat idea, made each step look like a uh, the back binding of a book, of a child's book. Uh, again, on the way to the library, but also a decorative, exciting part uh, to the stairway. Okay, and, and next we have another member here. Hi. I'm Megan McCann. Um, I am representing FBLA, which stands for Future. Nope, sorry, Future Business Leaders of America. And uh, the goal or uh, uh, purpose of your club throughout the year, what is is what are the thing you guys try to push? So our goal in this club is to develop students with a business mind, attitude, and spirit, and we want to get them motivated and speak professionally with other businesses. And, yeah. And what is one of the projects or maybe something you guys have planned uh, activity-wise or something that will happen this year uh, to help benefit the club and our community? Our main project is the Atlas Card. And what we do with the Atlas Card is we talk to businesses around the island and we negotiate with them if they would love to be, well, if they would have a deal on our card, it would be a discount card. And the money we make off of that, we donate to Harvest House. Awesome. Uh, I think before, a couple years ago, we had uh, um, a couple students from this come up and talk about the card. And we might have to do that again when you guys get it up and running oh, uh, sort of as an advertisement and uh, get the uh, uh, the deals or, or the things you can receive, discounts you can receive when you use the card out at different stores and businesses. Yeah. So thank you girls for coming by. I might be having a couple others come by in a little while, but um, thank you ladies for coming by and sharing what you're doing this year. Thank you and, for having us. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Uh, we're going to continue on with the show. And uh, like I said, I might have uh, one or two others stop in um, before they finish out their week and, uh, and share what they do. But really these student clubs are an opportunity for uh, the students at our school to give back and give out to our community uh, some of their talents. Uh, we have a lot of talented students here art-wise, even the, the business club as they work towards deals in, in, in the community with stores and, and businesses. And these are just great opportunities for them, but also reflect well on uh, their character and in the school. So I'm very thankful for these students that take the initiative and uh, go the extra mile um, because there's a lot of work put in there. Well, what we're going to do uh, for the next, I don't know, few minutes is is have a section. I might split this up into two uh, on called Life Helps. And uh, you've heard of the sections or read maybe um, things on Facebook or things called Life Hacks uh, where you, you take something, an object, and maybe turn it in or have a new use for it. Well, this is more stories or things maybe you've never uh, thought a lot about or maybe you have and it bothered you. And um, what I wanted to just share was Maybe something you didn't know about this. So life helps section. Uh, I don't have a stranger than fiction section. This is kind of what I'm bringing today instead of that. But um, the first one is why charging your phone every night hurts its battery. So let me read this first one. A day spent snapping pictures, checking social media, and catching Pokemon. 
because that's one of the things people do these days, tends to be rough on your smartphone's battery life. Bedtime may seem like a good opportunity to plug in your device in preparation for the next day, but according to the New York Times, making this a nightly habit could end up hurting your phone in the long run. If you own a smartphone, it's likely powered by a lithium-ion battery. Most phones are designed to accept currents as fast as possible. Cut down on the charging time, it's the goal. But as the current rapidly flows from one side of the battery to the other, it corrodes the battery. While this is fine for a couple years, it will eventually shorten your battery's lifespan. And again, most of us, probably with a phone in the second year of the contract, if you will, are probably down to where 100% doesn't last the full day, uh, no matter how much you use it. Uh, whereas it did in the first few months of use. One thing smartphone users shouldn't worry about when plugging in overnight is overcharging. Smartphones know when they're reached full capacity and have special built-in chips that prevent them from absorbing any surplus charge. The 44% of smartphone owners who plan to upgrade their device as soon as possible probably won't own a phone long enough to see the effects of a frequent charging. But if you plan to have your iPhone 4 or 5, 6, uh, pride from your cold, dead hands, uh, founder of the wireless company, uh, Osaya, recommends powering up devices with the charge meant for something less powerful. Uh, keeping your battery at a temperature of about 60 to 72 is another way to squeeze every year of battery life you can get from your device. So I, that, that article uh, didn't really give an option of when to then charge it because the time by the time you wake up, it's probably at a good 30 to 40% and you got to go to work. So I, I still think at night is probably the best, but if there is another time in your day at work, maybe uh, that might be a better help. Here's a question I've never really thought a ton about, but actually it's a pretty interesting topic of conversation. What's the difference between scattered and isolated thunderstorms? Now, I don't know about you, but we sort of listen to the news and, and they say that, and, and then we may say it. Well, there's going to be scattered storms today. Well, what does that mean? Is there, is there a definition or is there a way that that's used in the meteorologist's mind? Well, sure enough, there is. So let me start with this. Say that there's a 20% chance of thunderstorms this afternoon. This is called the probability of precipitation. And the way they come up with this and get it pretty confusing, that 20% chance doesn't mean that it'll rain will cover 20% of the area or that it will rain 20% of the day. What it means is basically if there's five days, one of those five days would have rain and the other four would not. That would be a 20% chance of rain. Is if you take five Tuesdays, one Tuesday is going to get rain, the other four not. So 20% is pretty low. 50 is obviously, it's, it, there's a 50-50 chance. You get the idea there. But sometimes that, that percentage may look a little confusing. If the forecast is accurate, you're more likely than not to escape any thunderstorms that day. But there will be a few times that get a good soaking. So you have that for starters is the percentage. Well, rather than throwing a bunch of numbers at you percentages-wise, some forecasts will opt to say there's an isolated chance of thunderstorms that day. These terms are linked to the probability of precipitation. The National Weather Service will call for an isolated chance of storms if there's a 10 to 20% chance. 30 to 50, they'll call for a scattered storms. Once you get above 50%, the odds that you will see rain that day are decent, so the forecast will say likely rain or snow, or just call for rain and snow without qualifying the statement. So pretty interesting. They also have some things written in here about mostly sunny and partly cloudy. To me, that sounds about the same. But really, 10 to 30% will be mostly sunny, 30% uh, covered with clouds. If it gets up over that, 
then it's mostly cloudy or partly cloudy. So you have very uh, interesting ways that they that they um, pull together facts or, or descriptions of the day. Um, but we have another guest here. Mr. Alan Kong is in the studio, and he is even repping his club with a very shirt, um, a sharp-looking shirt, might I add. And uh, I'll go ahead and let Alan. Uh, Alan, uh, go ahead and give us two things, your club and then what the purpose of the club is um, for the year. So I'm representing Service Club as a, uh, as a president. And the whole purpose of Service Club is to, uh, as the name denotes, to serve others. And sorry, I'm out of breath. That's okay. It's a lot of <laughs> stairs. We're up here on the third Ooh, floor. A lot yeah. of people are a lot of way, long way up here. All right. So um, the book of Mark, um, Jesus describes service club. Uh, <laughs> Jesus describes service as the ultimate form of leadership. So we are really concentrating on the school and the island of Guam and trying to focus on how we can serve others environmentally. Um, and how to serve them just through five um, Ks and sure, sure stuff like that. It's a it's a great uh, you're right a great picture of what uh, the Lord was asking of us. Uh, what is one of the projects or maybe um, plans you guys have coming up that is going to be something you're going to help uh, with or, or one of the goals you have projects you have for your club? So pretty soon we're gonna uh, participate in the island wide coastal cleanup, and we're going to go around the beaches and pick up trash and stuff. Awesome. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of garbage around, uh, sometimes pretty sad uh, picture there, but those beach cleanups are a great way for the students to help out and it, to help our community. So thank you, Alan, for running all the way up here. I appreciate you um, explaining a little bit what the Service Club does. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we have Mr. Sebastian at the helm today of the board, and he is going to help. Uh, we're going to have some stories that he uh, has prepared for us, and, and we'll talk about those when we come back. Thank you for listening. 88.1 KHMG. We'll be back. Welcome back to uh, some more Live Till 5. Again, I'm Lawrence Nangast in here for Jared Baldwin. He's on a trip to Thailand uh, with his wife. Uh, I hope they're having a great time. And so I'll be with you today. But uh, again, like I said, we have Sebastian in uh, in the in the room with us. He's running the board. Uh, normally, that's, again, something Jared will do. But um, he's doing a great job so far, <laughs> half, half an hour through the show. And, and, and nothing crazy has happened. You're yeah. doing a great job. What do you feel about this? Uh, you know, the board hasn't caught fire. It hasn't caught fire. No, happy. you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's under control. And uh, we do have our, our great station manager, uh, Chris, over here in the corner with a, with a weathered eye on the situation which is which is great we're grateful um but um again sebastian is here and uh, i asked him uh, probably a couple of days ago i said sebastian um you know just have a few things ready here and there normally we had uh, culture vulture we used to have that but uh, today he's gonna 
share with us a little bit about a mission trip uh, he took to New York, and I'll let him say more about that. But um, uh, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's here with us. Share this. So go ahead and, and uh, begin here, and we're just going to take a little bit of time, uh, kind of talking about a few mission trips we've had. Okay, so uh, we talked about some weather stories. Uh, I think it was two shows ago, and that kind of uh, brought back some memories of a mission trip I took to New York City. Um, this was when Hurricane Sandy hit New York City, and while it wasn't a huge category uh, hurricane, it was very slow, and it was just um, because it was slow and it was slow moving over New York City, it was pretty devastating as far as the damage goes. So I, I actually, um, I was in school at the time, and what happened was uh, in the dorms, we have these uh, dorm devos. So at night, the RA of the dorm, he, he goes through a devotion and then, you know, we pack it up and should be going to sleep. Sometimes people go straight back into homework. Um, but that we heard about Hurricane Sandy. Um, it had been about a week or so, a uh, week and a half since uh, it had happened. And, you know, the power was still out there for a while. So what had happened was after after the RA gave his Devo, he said, we there's there's a seminary student. He's looking for some guys to go out to uh, help a pastor in New York City. And I and he's like they they want to leave at uh, 3 a.m., which is in a couple hours. And I was like, "Okay, I, you know, I wasn't planning on this at all. Surprise trip to New York City. And uh, you know, how is this going to be funded or anything?" But uh uh yeah, so I I was like, "Well, I'll pray about this and I'll call the guy and um We'll see what happens. So I, I prayed, and I didn't feel wrong about it at all. So I was like, all right. So I called the guy, and he said, yeah, you'll be our last guy to go uh, to be on the team, and we're going to head out in a couple hours. Uh, we're going around collecting any sort of donations from the dorms. And so this is a smaller college campus. It's about 700 students. And, well, basically in that night, we were able to, to bring together about – uh, I think it was about $700 uh, just from all the students. Mm, um, wow. Yeah. Uh, that was just in a couple hours for, for these people that, that we wanted to help the church. And they're like, we're going to send, we brought together 700 bucks. Well, God brought together, you know, 700 sure. bucks to take out to New York city. And so we so did this that. whole thing, yeah. this whole thing, obviously the weather happened and, and there was a burden passed down. And then, and now you've got five, six guys just middle of the night, not almost spur of the moment yeah. collecting uh, funds and then get ready to go over. Yep. Wow. That's incredible. How long were you there? Um, so we left, I think Thursday. Um, sorry. I think it was more Friday at 3 AM. Okay. And <laughs> so we hopped in the, the van. We've, yeah. We hopped in the suburban with a trailer on the back that someone in, in a nearby church uh, let us use. And we packed it full of some supplies, and then we just drove straight to New York City from Wisconsin to New wow. York City um, in one go. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you guys go through Canada? <laughs> no, we actually— You went down through Michigan? We went through, down through Chicago. Or Chicago. Yeah. Down and straight Chicago, across and Indiana, up there. Ohio, wow. Pennsylvania, and then into New York. Wow. What an, uh, what an opportunity uh, Lord provides there. Spur of the moment uh, mission trip. And uh, so you're there. How long were you there? Two, three days? Yeah, I was only there for the the weekend, and we brought a generator which, with us, which is something big because the moment we got there and and set up, uh, there was 
people just looking at the generator like there's the power Life. that's all i need <laughs> I, I, that's power right there i haven't had this and i want this you know and it's just so interesting to see how people would just stop and just look at it it's like yeah oh you know yeah, we really like, rely uh, going on back in time we do we do it has yeah. become our our right hand um daily and for good reason it is so valuable but um i remember going on a uh, mission trip down to mexico i went on a few actually uh, it was very interesting one of the guys here on maintenance now uh used to live up in saskatchewan canada that was a different mission trip um those are the two extreme ones i went on was one down to mexico and then one up to canada kind of our two next door neighbors uh in the states and um he was we were both in high school back in the time uh, when I went and helped his family, a missionary family up in Saskatchewan, Canada. And uh, and now here we are serving on the same ministry out in Guam. So a small yeah. world and the Lord brings people's paths uh, back and forth um, throughout life, which is pretty neat. That is cool. But um, we're going to go from here is uh, I'm now going to do a little bit of this day in history. And then uh, I'll check back with... Um, uh, we didn't have the idiom book in here. I should have found that. Maybe during a break, maybe during the top of the hour. Uh, I'd hate to go a whole week without um, without an idiom. But alas, if you have to wait until next week with uh, Jared back, that's the worst case scenario. But uh, this week, we're going to have uh, a little bit of this day in history. Uh, September 2nd is the day. 44 BC, uh, Cleopatra VII of Egypt declares her son co-ruler as Ptolemy XV. And uh, as you'd see in history, that situation will go downhill very quickly. Rome will get involved in Egypt and with Cleopatra, and she will end up uh, falling in love with Mark Antony, and they will run away together and, and, and um, commit suicide, I believe. And that is when Octavian takes over. Um, but very interesting situation there. Uh, in fact, here, same day, the first of Cicero's um, sons, Mark Antony, or, or sorry, first of his attacks on Mark Antony, will make uh, 14 of them over the next several months. So again, this is a very high um, high time for war and uh, a lot of battles being fought right now as Rome and different parts of the world are in turmoil. Uh, in fact, on this day as well, 31 BC, the Battle of Actium, a decisive naval battle that effectively ends the Roman Republic. Octavian's forces defeat those under Mark Antony and Cleopatra, uh, Cleopatra, the western coast of Greece. And uh, this is the one where basically you had three different um, men that it started with. Uh, they were called triumvirates. There were two separate ones. One ends up fi finishing with Julius Caesar and Pompey, with Caesar marching in from Gaul, crossing the Rubicon. If you've ever heard that uh, phrase before, it means to you know make a decision with no turning back. Uh, as soon as Caesar did that, he was basically declaring war on Rome uh, as a Roman, but on the Rome that Pompey was a leader of. And uh, when he came in there, uh, he did win. People loved him, was a good ruler, but then declared himself Caesar for life. People didn't like that, specifically the Senate. They felt he was becoming an emperor or dictator. And so they killed him, as we know, in the Ides of March, which led to a second triumvirate, uh, which was two of which were Mark Antony and uh, Octavian. And this one will end in Actium. And then um, Octavian will become emperor and actually will be one of the greatest emperors and do a lot for the benefit of Rome at that turn of the B.C. to A.D. time period. Um, 1192, so we're going to jump way forward. 1192, Sultan Saladin and King Richard the Lionheart of England signed treaty over Jerusalem, 
at the end of the Third Crusade. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, this crusade, the Third Crusade, was supposedly, it's called the King's Crusade is another name for it, but it was going to be one of the greatest crusades or was supposed to be, it, you know, it was rumored to be the crusade to end all crusades. It being the third, there had already been two, met little success. Uh, this one we were going to have Henry II going. We were having um, um, Richard the Lionheart from England, Henry II from France, and uh, I believe, um, I, I can't remember his name from Austria, or I'm sorry, um, the Ottoman Empire was coming, and basically you had one guy drowned from the Ottoman Empire. The King Henry and and um, Richard got in a fight, and, and the one left, Richard, came uh, into uh, Jerusalem, which is where he had the deal with Saladin. But then on the way home, the people of uh, Austria kidnapped Richard and asked for a ransom from the people of England. The people of England loved Richard so much that they raised this astronomical number that was being asked for ransom and freed Richard, and he was he brought home. Meanwhile, John, his younger brother, was there in England, and everybody just hated him. He was weak, and um, it, it, very interesting story. Again, I teach that in my history class, and it, it's just a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts. All that didn't happen very well, and you end up with five more crusades after this one. Uh, just goes to show you how unsuccessful it was, really. Overall, so really, the 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 name, the mascot name, Crusaders, is not the best uh, from from a lot of really. uh, political politically correct standpoints. But then also just practicality wise, yeah. these guys weren't weren't that uh, no, together. They, they were not together. <laughs> there there was of the eight Crusades, one of them, I guess, had a victory. There were two right. ties. One was diplomatic a, a talk. One was here. They fought and knew a tie. Right. The other five were complete disasters, complete right. disasters. Right. So 1807, the Royal Navy bombards Copenhagen with firebombs and phosphorus rockets to prevent Denmark from surrendering its fleet to Napoleon. Uh, so, again, this was in Napoleon's high, high time as leader. Uh, he will be dominating most of Western Europe and even in the central. And, um, and there was a lot of people not real happy about it in the eastern side. 1864, Union General William T. Sherman captures and burns Atlanta as part of Sherman's March to the Sea. Uh, it was sort of the the bottom cut across the middle of Civil War, uh, sorry, Confederate America during the Civil War, 1864. Shortly after this time, you'll have the meeting in Appomattox by um, Lincoln and Davis and, and then General Lee and... Um, uh, yeah, Davis was our was our general there. He was the president of the South. Who is Grant? Yeah. Grant. Thank you. I uh, I, was, uh, I actually uh, didn't do it. You did. I did. You just yeah. pointed at me but and the, remembered the, yourself. I, I pondered. I pondered on yeah. maybe he'll say it any minute now. Davis was the Confederate president. Lee was the general, and then you had Grant and Lincoln were the North. Right. So sorry about that. And Chris's face kind of reminded you. <laughs> it was it was it was one of those historical you know he was standing uh, I get that historical a lot. posture yeah yeah you look like yeah you look General like Grant, Grant yeah you're on the fifty dollar yeah. bill nineteen oh one see if you can finish this statement either of you Theodore Roosevelt advises speak softly and carry a big stick carry a big stick 
I don't do it though. I never. No, and most people I, don't. I don't have most room people, in my bag for a big stick. <laughs> but most people that are carrying a large a large stick are also not speaking softly. That's true. They're generally your more boisterous people. Uh, but basically, what he said here, while the white fleet was was circumnavigating the Earth and showing off how great the American Navy was. Uh, at the turn of the century there, 18 to 1900, was basically like, you don't need to yell and have these big, you know, boisterous conversations. Just have a solid army. Just have a solid military. And he did. And then you have the next president, I believe is Taft, who said, we're just going to spend money. And then you had Woodrow Wilson, who said, we're going to try to have morals. And that ended up in the World War One. So I don't know any of them really didn't. It was moral diplomacy, dollar diplomacy, military diplomacy. Nothing really ended up working. Well, the Cold War a little bit, the yeah. the uh, mutual destruction theory worked out okay. <laughs> that was okay. Yeah. That that was surprisingly for for as close as that all got. Um it, it you know, nothing ever happened of of devastation right. level. Um let's see here. Last couple things here. Um 1944 Holocaust diarist, I believe is how you say that, wrote a diary. Anne Frank was sent to Auschwitz. Um, there was a there was an article I read the other day. It wasn't even an article. It was a, did you know that Anne Frank and Martin Luther King Jr. were the same age? Wow! But because you you look at them in two different really decades, two different time periods, you would never think that. Right. But she was a teenager writing a diary, so you picture World War II diary. And then you think of him as speaking on the steps, but it was about 20 years separated, mm-hmm. but right. they were the same age. So uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting um, uh, interesting thought. Uh, 1945, Ho Chi Minh declares Vietnam independence from France, National Day, uh, there in the 1940s. Uh, let's see. Um, Club sl- uh, slugger Ernie Banks hits his 400, 400th home run. Um, we just had uh, Mr. Ken Key speak in chapel today and spoke a little bit about how excited he is that the Cubs are doing well and that there is a shot for them to be playing for the pennant. We'll see. We'll see. I- I'm not saying I don't, I don't think they could, but you never know. Playoffs are, playoffs are the playoffs. But um, that'll do it for this day in history uh, as, far as, we, um, as far as we know, September 2nd. And uh, what we're going to do right now is take a little break. And then uh, we will finish with the top of the hour a um, possibly drinks. Maybe we'll have to do that after um, our break at the top. But uh, we have a couple more life helps stories um, after we come back. Yeah. 
Welcome back to uh, the Live Till 5. We hope you're enjoying uh, these first 45 minutes of the show. Uh, if you haven't been able to catch all this and you're just tuning in now, there will be a rebound uh, time tomorrow from noon to 2, and then also on Sunday night from 7 to 9 where we will play it back. Uh, you, you also have other options that you can find it on if you're not going to be in your car at that time. It does play at KHMG um, or our KHMG.org. Dot org. Thank you. And I don't have the sheet. Jared always has it's a sheet behind KHMG.org forward slash LTF. There you go. There you go. Uh, he has the sheet he's able to see, um, and I don't have it memorized. Uh, and then there's also the TuneIn app uh, and, and iTunes Radio that will also be able to help you uh, tune in if you'd like to. Uh, either tomorrow or again Sunday. Um, one of these things that uh, is coming up this weekend, like I mentioned earlier, is college football. And for some of you, that may not be something you look forward to in the fall. I do. I don't have frosty windshields and and a, and a you know crunchy grass to walk on in October. So I have to you know somehow get excited for the fall here on Guam because uh, the cold chilly weather in Michigan is something else. I mean you you were in Alaska and in um, Wisconsin, Wisconsin yeah. and both of those are very um, chilly falls. But uh, football. Regardless of the weather, comes every fall, and uh, I was just going to give the top ten um, football, uh, college football teams, just in case you were curious. Uh, but we have Alabama at number one, and uh, Clemson at number two, Oklahoma at number three, Florida State number four, LSU number five, Ohio State number six. The Sooners are good again. Michigan, huh? they are, they are. Oh. They have decent quarterback play. He's back. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was um, highly. Highly recruit, not recruited, but um, Heisman vote. Right. Um, quarterback, I believe, last year he was in the running. The Michigan's at number seven. Stanford's at eight. They've got a Heisman running back um, this year. He's potential. And then Tennessee, nine. Notre Dame is 10. Uh, they do play on Sunday night. The reason I know that is because uh, Ms. Schlarb, our, our, um, one of our violin teachers, or our violin teacher, uh, she's in her blue and green today. Huge uh, Notre Dame fan. She said, yeah, once a year, uh, game – we opening weekend she'll wear her blue and green and so i saw that today and i said you know you're you're ready to roll uh still a couple of days from now but that's exciting see i'm excited about the start of the premier league yes yes we do England have a huge and soccer football, different football starting fan. up again yeah. and champions league very soon with all the knockout stages and things so, yeah they uh, yeah. i i never really understood um we had a history teacher here that was a huge chelsea fan um, right, but I never really understood how that all worked. But apparently, uh, and you again know more about this than I do. Apparently, the top two teams of a certain division, unless they're the top one, right. end up being able to get invited to the next league up, and the yeah. bottom couple. Well, it's just get a tournament. To. It's called the Champ- UEFA Champions League in Europe. There's there's yeah. other Champions League. There's the Concacaf Champions League in North mm-hmm. America, North um, North America, Central America. Sure. Uh, yeah. Basically, what it is is. If you're one of the top teams in some in some leagues, like England has the top four teams wow. go to the Champions League. So they have the, it's a larger pool now than it used to be. It used to be really the champions that were in those leagues. But sure. But right now that's it's, you know, the top four in England. And and uh, so you get the best teams in the world playing in the tournament. And it's one of the more exciting. Yes. You know, competitions. Good, good soccer. Of course. Uh, did you get to watch much of the Olympics? Uh, no, uh, once in a while the guys would have it on out here, yeah. um, and I would see a little of the soccer. But the problem with the soccer in the Olympics is that it's under twenty, under twenty three players, 
And so you don't get to see the top players in the world. Neymar played this year for Brazil. He did. They won the gold. But but you don't get to see the top players. You get to see up-and-coming players. Yes. But I still thought they, they seem to uh, play at a bit of a quicker pace yeah, I'd say than the average game because the gold match I was able to watch everything but the shootout um, had Germany and Brazil the guys yeah and it was some of the the best pace soccer again miss passes miss shots things right. like that but as far as the speed at which they played it was pretty breakneck the whole game well yeah they're so young they, they can are all they run can run crazy. ninety minutes no problem it's all as they would say in England it's all blood and thunder blood and they thunder would call it. there yeah. you go yeah. Well, I have – we can probably pick this up after, but I have a article here I thought was interesting. Uh, Sebastian's pretty fresh out of college. I've not been out forever, and Chris has memories of, of being there. But this is <laughs> seven expenses students usually forget to budget for when going off to college. Oh, I know a few of these. Now, you have – yeah, you've been around a college campus as well, yes, so I'm yeah. sure you've, you've yeah. at least talked to kids that yeah. say – they don't what? get it. They they come to school and then you go. Wait I a thought minute, tuition just to covered that. everything. May, yeah. You know, room and board got the rest, right? Yeah. Well, Sebastian, before I even start the list, let's see if either of you, either of you, there are seven. All right. See if you can, if you can guess um, any of the seven before we start, and then we'll talk okay. a little bit about it. All right. All right. Go uh, ahead. Parking registration. Parking number one. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, transportation of any sort. I think anything transportation Transportation. related. People go, oh, um, how am I going to get here? Yeah. I don't know. How are you going to get there? You're probably going to have to pay. Traveling is number four. Yeah, of course. So, exactly. Uh, They just appeared with mom and dad driving them. But after that, well, I guess I'm on my own. All right, what else? That's Uh, two of them. Parking and travel. Laundry. Laundry, number seven. Very good. (laughs) Of course. Very good. What else? Oh, man. Okay. There Chris, are why don't you take a guess? Four. Here, right? Well, I mean, it would be it would be anything like, um, you know, getting haircuts, getting you know um, things that you would normally like. Maybe at your parents' house, you get you going to the dentist, you know, stuff like that. that yeah, I'll that give are that normal uh, expenses. That household items, household items, um, type of deal. household household tasks, even like a haircut. Yeah. But even when I I remember going off to college and um, hitting Walmart up. And basically, you have clothing that you brought with you, yeah. but you didn't bring detergent, you didn't bring soap, shampoo, toothbrush. You, it's a fresh start. So there was, you know, a hundred bucks day one just to get you through the first week. What else, Sebastian? Um, you know, I don't know if this this isn't always a hundred percent for every person that goes in, but you know, like a boyfriend or girlfriend. Okay, uh, social <laughs> activities. We'll give it yeah. to you. Social activities <laughs> uh, are a huge. In your case, that wasn't a problem. <laughs> well, but, no, let's <laughs> not go there right now. <laughs> But social activities for sure. The other two are, I guess we could have also gone with meal plans. Um, some yeah. universities, room and board may cover that, but others, you got to buy the meal plan yeah. separately. And then lastly is the lab fees or course materials, course books. Um, online, uh, you now have websites that will give you or allow you to buy books, rent books. But back in the day, it was standing in a really long line yeah. for your books that you needed and then spending a decent amount of money just to get them for your first And first they're class. ridiculously expensive on top of that. And they just seem to it's, – it's almost as though the, the companies that sell the books keep just upping the yes, price. Yes, because they know they have a monopoly. Yeah. Well, they yeah. change a word in it and then they update the version. Well, of course. Make yes. a whole new book that you yeah. right. 
Of course. Yeah, social activities, going back through these, parking, uh, absolutely, registration there. Social activities depends on what kind of person you are. If you're if you're a, a lab rat or a, a librarian that you're just in there all day, every day, even the weekend, you can save some money there. But if you are out and about on the weekend off campus, uh, you know, fulfilling your meal plan, th- there was a lot of money spent yeah. there for sure. Uh, and then household items, um, I, I said that, about, and then laundry. And apparently... There are some places that um, now don't have as expensive uh, laundry, sometimes even free. It's covered. But um, your laundry expense will likely be between 30 and $50 a month. That might not sound like much, but when you're already on a tight budget, you'll feel the squeeze. And despite what you think, not doing your laundry isn't an option. Yeah, otherwise those social expenses go right out the window. Yeah, because you could save two for one. Not really... Save on laundry and yeah. social activities. Yeah. That's that's a great idea. You're good to actually. go. That's, You're not traveling anywhere either. Quality advice. So I guess if you don't want to do laundry, you will save the most money uh, that there is out there to save. So what we're going to do is um, we're coming to the top of the hour, and we're going to save our drinks that just came in for when we get back. Mm-hmm. I also have another article about should you still be using bar soap. I know that'll keep you on the edge of your seat. Uh, and then we'll also have some news with our, our um, director, Chris Harper, and uh, some other fun things about Labor Day when we come back for the second hour. Before we go, um, Sebastian, what do you have going on this weekend? This is something uh, Jared will usually ask. What do you have going on this weekend? <laughs> uh, you know what? I Well, I think I'm going to take a class in learning Japanese. Uh, oh, no kidding. Um, That's good. With Dr. Yo? Yeah. Chris, what do you guys have planned? You know, I don't. I don't really have anything planned except for our watch care service. Yes. Where, um, they, um, we've got a new watch care groups at the church, and so yeah, we're excited to, to have too. a group at our house this awesome. weekend. So I don't know that we'll do anything on Saturday because we'll probably be preparing Prepping for that. For I that, know. yeah, yeah. Anytime uh, there's kids involved, it's generally a full day of cleanup and yeah. plus some. Oh yeah, uh, when you have guests coming over, I have a youth activity. Tomorrow night. Oh, that's uh, right. I might talk about that later. Uh, find that sponsor and uh, share some stories about that. That's pretty fun. Uh, we're basically hiding or blending in to our surroundings as much as possible. And then youth group um, teams will be coming out to find us. And uh, it should be a really great time tomorrow night at 630 um, or at 6, I believe, here at the uh, FLC. We'll meet and then go. So um, you've been listening to KHMG Radio uh, Live Till 5. Uh, I'm your host, Lawrence Nangas, instead of Jared. But I hope you've been able to catch as much as possible with this hour. But uh, we'll be looking forward to a second hour here starting after the news. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. While I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus. To walk with me Take my hand, Lord Take my hand Take my hand, Lord Take my hand While I'm on this old Teacher's journey I want Jesus
And we're back with that intro music. Very exciting times coming into this 4 o'clock hour. Uh, it's good they, being here with you, Kimosabi. Yeah, Kimosabi. <laughs> good to be with you here. That, that should be our new... Uh, our new our um, intro now is is Lone Ranger with and then Gibo Sabi is something. Um, <laughs> Not sure but, what that means. I you know it's uh, you feel a little uncomfortable saying that it's, it was on the movies or whatever. But you're, yeah, you're you just wondering know. those were different times. What you're walking and yourself you into no, or backing into. Um, but we've uh, started our second hour of Live Till 5, and uh, again, I, I made a few announcements about what's happening tonight on our campus. We have the uh, girls' volleyball game starting at 5.30 with JV against JFK, and then uh, later on after that, about an hour later, uh, we'll have the varsity playing. Uh, last night, golf and cross-country were playing, so sports are really in full swing. Um, um, the athletic director, I know, has been um, running around getting everything organized because this is the first big week of athletic events, um, but they've been going really well so far, so um, excited to see that. Um, if you were unable to catch the first hour, they will be replayed tomorrow from noon to 2 and then on Sunday night from 7 to 9 uh, and uh, 88.1 KHMG. Harvest Family Radio is, is what we're doing right now. And again, uh, my, um, my name is Lawrence Nangast. I'm hosting for Jared. He is off in Thailand with his wife on a trip, and I uh, hope they're having a great time. He did, in the first hour, text me and say, say hello to the Live Till 5 fans, and so I did that, but uh, it'll be good to have him back next week. But before we go any further, we need to play What's in My Coffee. So with that being said... This segment is brought to us by Heber's Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffee, tea, baked goods, Christian music, books, and gifts, including the largest selection of Yankee candles in Thailand. I like a lot. I like it a lot. I do go there every day, sometimes multiple times. Now let's play What's in My Coffee. We do have a fourth lonely drink up here. Um, I'm willing to give anybody who would like to play What's in My Coffee up here with us. Um, you could even come by a little bit later. But for now, we'll start with Sebastian. Yes. What number do you have, Sebastian? I am number four. You're number four. So go ahead and tell us what you think number four is. Okay. So actually, I don't I don't know if this is coffee. I think it's just hot chocolate, but my taste buds could be s- deceiving me. It's just maybe a hot chocolate. We're not sure. It could be total deception. Chris, what do you have over there? This has got to be a latte of some sort. It's got coffee in it, but it's got a flavoring in it, which I'm not able to put my finger on. It's one of those like it's one of those strangely named coffee flavors, mm. like amaretto or uh, yes, amaretto. Uh, That's cherry or, flavor, or, even or though it's like, a nut. Yeah, or <laughs> it always gets me. Or Irish cream, or you know, Irish one cream. of the, hazelnut, hazelnut. Okay, one of, one of those. A deceptive, a deceptive coffee flavors. flavoring. Got I don't it. know what I can't decipher or <laughs> determine which one it is, but it's one of those. Something, something. We're about to yeah. find out. I think I have a mango green tea. It's in a green tea tea bag, but it's got mango flavoring in it. That's what I'm going with. Pretty refreshing here on a Friday afternoon. They got to get better players at this at this game with the coffee yeah. because they're not real convincing right now. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We're not. Uh, we have not been great at guessing what the drink is here lately, at least. Well, I have number one, which is tropical green tea with mango. Nailed it. Green tea with mango. Like That's nice all. So okay, take it all back. If you, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we're one for three so far. Number two is what you have. Yes. Or, yeah, have you have number two. two. You have the pumpkin roll. Oh, wow. Boy. I taste no pumpkin in there. The really. pumpkin. Yes. Okay. Well, 
some heap on the pumpkin next time. Uh, I'll keep number three a secret in case anybody comes up. You have a hot mocha. Ah, uh, that is normally his drink, and he would have yeah. gotten that spot on because Chris is a oh, mocha yeah, fan, fan for sure. Um, so it tastes more like chocolate than coffee. Which is see, fine that's with me. The, no, see that I, I have a theory about the mocha that does. I've given a number of times. It's if, <laughs> if I I like it to taste like coffee with a little chocolate in it, because sometimes it can be the opposite way. It can taste right. like chocolate with a little coffee in it. That's okay. But you you go for that. Good. Then they got it right for you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's perfect. So he's hot chocolate with a, a dab of coffee. That's right. basically what that is. Right. You got it. Well, one more life help article that I have for you today. Um, this is the, the title of this caught my eye. Should you still be using bar soap? Now, in most homes you go into, most, bath, most bathrooms you go into, it's the box of soap on the wall or a soap container and it's pump or you hit the little... Um, button and the soap comes out very 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 seldom do you go into somebody's house in their bathroom and there's like a bar of soap on a little holder there that was something i saw more as a kid nowadays it's all the pump soap but for those of you out there still using bar soap should you still be using it the humble bar of soap is on the decline according to marketing intelligence uh in agency Mintel, households that stock the blocky chunks of lye are down 5% from 2010. That's Only 5%? 5%. That's not actually a lot. I don't know how they're even tracking that, but Blocks roughly of half of the po- polled cus- consumers, particularly those in younger demographics, think that bars might harbor greater amounts of bacteria than their liquid dispensed counterparts. Are they correct? Or is the bar of soap getting a bad rap? The answer might be a little bit of both. Bar soap does indeed tend to let bacteria idle on its surface, but that's not necessarily going to be a problem. In 1988, the Dial Corporation subsidized a study in which they purposely, purposely sorry, drowned bar soap in illness-generating ick, like E. coli at levels 70 times higher than what would be found with typical household use. After washing with the infected bars, a test group of 16 handwashers, I don't know how they found 16 people to say, Wash with this E. coli sure, drenched soap, I yeah. guess. I don't um, value my life that much. They had no it. detectable levels of the germs on their hands. While the research needs an asterisk, it's because it got washed size, off, right? Wouldn't it get washed off in right the away? Yeah. yeah. But there was only 16, so that's what they're saying. Sample size and its corporate sponsor. It's also true that there's never been any reported outbreak of infection, and as a result, uh, as a result of bar clen- clean- cleansers. Washing the surface of your skin is always intended to reduce, not totally eliminate, the number of con- contaminants to your given immune system, uh, a better chance of resisting infection. Uh, so basically what they're saying, liquid or solid soap, soap should be good for about a year before it loses the ability to keep bacteria from proliferating. But if you're taking that long to go through a small supply, deliberating over the relative effectiveness of a bar should be the least of your concerns. If you if a bar yeah. of soap lasts you a year, yeah, yeah. why why bother? Yeah. We have <laughs> in the studio even this minute our fourth what's in my coffee guest. We've gone through three. We're about to hit our fourth. Uh, our secret guest, go ahead and take a drink of your 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 hot beverage. What what are your thoughts on the on said beverage? 
I have no idea what it is, but it tastes amazing. <laughs> it does taste it worth yeah, your while coming like here. Free coffee. It tastes like which always makes <laughs> everything taste better. Taste. That's good on a Friday afternoon. You think it's mocha? Yeah, that's a coffee drink, right? It is it is a coffee drink. He had mocha. Man, these could all be this is funny. This is a vanilla latte. Does that sound like that? Yeah. There, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know mine's chocolate. We we brought him in here to basically get a free coffee, throw out a word of of, of coffee that mocha <laughs> and 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 you can be on your way. You don't have to hang around too long. Okay. Unless you want to, but you can take your coffee with this you. This is Joe, our videographer. Yeah, this is way. Joe Sarney. He popped in here, uh, ready to grab the third coffee. Um, <laughs> gave a guess. Fiddle he was latte. nearby, to be fair. He was able to yeah. uh, was spring into door. action immediately. Yes. I might have tipped him off. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. A tip off from the... You mean he wasn't actually listening? Oh, hey. Oh, no. I that. Oh, I, no. I am crushed now. <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and take a, a small break here. When we come back, we're going to have uh, Chris with the news. And then uh, after that, we'll get into a little bit of our Labor Day discussion uh, a little bit later on. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to some more Live Till 5. Uh, we've had a great show so far, a lot of fun up here. Had a couple guests in earlier in the show from the clubs and even just a quick three-worded guest a minute ago with uh, the coffee description there. Uh, and, uh, mocha? <laughs> maybe it was, it was two. It was yeah. one and a half. Yeah. Even. But um, again, we're looking forward to uh, a little bit more time up here until 5 o'clock hour. But right now we're going to go ahead and go into the news with our station host, our, our station manager, uh, Chris Harper. Yeah, we want to look at national slash international news, and there's some things that have been uh, on our regular news break on SRN and, and most of the news that I get here. I try to uh, pick some different stories than they're covering, but this one is not. They've been covering it every hour, and that is Hurricane Hermione. Yep. Winds are are strengthening and lashed at Florida's northern Gulf Coast late on Thursday. Now, this is Thursday in the States. I right. still haven't figured out how to uh, translate what time it is there versus what time it is here, but it's Friday morning or Friday midday our time. Yeah, it's uh, two for, in the morning there now. Right. Forcing residents to evacuate some coastal areas and stock up on provisions ahead of what the state's governor warned would be a lethal storm. And I heard those uh, comments from the governor on our news break mm. uh, earlier and uh, was definitely saying that uh, uh, they need to um, pack things up tight because it's, yeah. this could be a rough one. Yeah, my parents are headed there right now to take my sister back to Pensacola, right. uh, which is pretty much in that neck of the woods of where the storm is coming. But I really find it interesting how, how differently everything is constructed and put together there. Even though they're in stormy areas a lot of times in the year, uh, they don't build things like they do on Guam, which no. are basically bunker-like. Right. 
there in Florida, everything's a little bit more about beauty, wood, uh, you know, brickwork, sure. Um, but it's just not quite as secure and safe when you have these big old storms coming in. Right, right. And uh, Hermione is expected to be the first hurricane to make landfall in the state in more than a decade. Wow. Also posed a Labor Day weekend threat to states along the northern Atlantic coast and uh, some tens of millions of people in danger possibly there. Uh, On Thursday afternoon, the National Hurricane Center extended a tropical storm watch all the way up to Sandy Hook, New Jersey. Hermione became the fourth hurricane of the 2016 season around mid-afternoon when its sustained winds reached 75 miles per hour. It's located about 85 miles south of Apalachicola, Florida. Uh, As of 5 p.m., it was expected to make landfall early Friday, so maybe even is doing that as we speak. We'll wait for the next um, here in about uh, 40 minutes. Sure. have an update from SRN News, and I'm sure that'll probably be the top story they're leading with on that. Um, in sort of um, uh, bad news getting worse for Florida, officials there have said they have trapped the first mosquitoes that have tested positive for the Zika virus, at least in the Miami area, confirming reports mm-hmm. of a local U.S. transmission of the illness that can cause severe birth defects. Three mosquito samples tested positive in a small area in Miami Beach where increased trapping and intensified mosquito control measures are being implemented there by the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Florida Department of Health has said that there has so far been 49 cases of Zika in people believed to have contracted the virus in that small area of Miami. But until now, the department had not found those infected mosquitoes, but they apparently have trapped some now. Some news that that may or may not affect us, at least that we should be aware of, is that China is developing a new long-range bomber, the latest move in its ambitious military modernization program. Seems like every week we have a story about either North Korea or or China China and uh, increased military operations of different sorts. Uh, They have already improved their ability to strike at targets far from home, where there will be further improvements in the future, they're saying. China has been ramping up research into advanced new military equipment, including submarines, aircraft carriers, and anti-satellite missiles. This has rattled nerves regionally, and of course also in Washington, as they're taking a more muscular approach to territorial disputes. Of course, there's that South China Sea uh, dispute right. as well. And the, their Air Force, which for years has relied on a large number of Chinese copies of Russian aircraft, is also now developing its own stealth fighter. In July, it put into service a new domestically developed, developed large transport aircraft as well. Wow. In other, over there. Yeah, and other international news that sort of impacts our region as well, this time Japan. Vladimir Putin has said that Russia is willing to compromise on a territorial dispute that has bedeviled relations with Japan for eight decades, but said this would not include the trade or sale of the islands held by Moscow and claimed by Tokyo. Putin is to meet with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, Shinzo Abe, I should say, on Friday on the sidelines of a business conference in Vladivostok, and they're going to discuss, among other things, closer economic cooperation in such areas as energy and technology. 
Abe hopes to lure deeper economic ties with Russia and hoping that those will strengthen strategic relations in the face of a rising China. And uh, there sort of relates back to our last story. Skeptics are questioning, though, whether the approach will generate a breakthrough on the dispute over the small islands. That row over Moscow's seizure of the territory off Hokkaido called the Northern Territories by Japan and the Southern Kuriles by Russia in the final days of World War II. Um, it prevented the two countries from ever signing a treaty or formalizing the end of the war. So that's really never happened for those two countries. So not always good news internationally, especially in our region. Not usually good not news. Not usually good <laughs> news. No. So there's a lot of... Um, I think what they would call this is there's a lot of saber rattling these days. I'm not sure I love that uh, description for uh, yeah. it, but there is a lot of that going on and increased military operations of all sorts in the eastern region that we live in. Yeah. This um, this past week, um, a couple different times, uh, I brought current events to the class, uh, and one of them... Uh, I just I like to get them thinking because oftentimes I teach a lot of senior life skills. Oftentimes uh, we get into school and we learn a lot of information that that is important. Obviously, it's why we go to school, but not often do we apply those things to the day to day life or even get them to think sure. about what's happening in the world around us. And oftentimes it doesn't always matter the age people hear things. Uh, whether it be from news, whether it be from uh, any sort of website or even <laughs> articles in Facebook or friends, and they just begin to accept things without really thinking for themselves. Sure. And uh, this past week in Bible class, I think I might bring some of this up later on in the show, we um, were talking about both um, evolution and the Big Bang Theory and the designer, uh, design of the universe, and then, of course, the origin of life. And... Um, there was one thing that I found on, I believe it was Fox, had a science article that they had found a tectonic plate in the Philippine Sea, which is right off right. Our, our, our coast over here, with dinosaur bones in it that were 55 to 53 million years old. Um, so I, I do find not just the fact that they found them in the age, but that they were dinosaur bones that deep uh, in the ocean uh, in those tectonic plates. Obviously... Well, my theory would be the flood and, and how they got down that deep. But it is pretty amazing the ability they have to dig things up that are, are that far gone. And again, in the name of science, they're able to say, you know, put these large numbers of years on them uh, in their dating. But then the other one that I found was this, that a planet 94 light years away uh, or even farther than that uh, away, uh, there was a light coming off of it that looked uh, human-made or earthling-made. Uh, again, the whole SETI movement or search for right. uh, extraterrestrial information or um, or what's out there, and that that then that sparked a whole article. And that was on the front page of CNN this past week. Yeah. So it's again, there's something about every other day, if not every day, that just goes to show people are searching. And I might talk a little bit more about that when we get closer to the end of the show. Uh, but what we're going to do right now is uh, for a little bit talk about some Labor Day things. That's coming up on Monday. It is one of the reasons why uh, it is the reason why we get Monday of, of school or work off. So we're very excited for our first day off. The kids and, and teachers have worked hard. Um, if you've been at work, your last holiday 
was probably July 4th, maybe on Guam Liberation Day. Uh, so it's been a little while. And uh, so now it's time we get a Monday off and everybody's pretty excited. Yeah. But before we talk about that one specifically, I have a list of the world's eight weirdest national holidays. This is the world's, so not just America, but it's eight of the world's weirdest national holidays. So here's one. The Day of the Sea. While it is fairly <laughs> common for countries to remember an important military event through the co- uh, commemoration of a national holiday, few battles are remembered in such a strange way as the Bolivian loss of the port of Calama to Ch- Chilean sea forces. On March 23rd, the landlocked country remembers the loss of its oceanfront property by marching in parades and solemnly listening to recordings of seagulls and ship horns. That's sad. That is sad. <laughs> that that that's Bolivia. It's a landlocked country in South America, right. central, pretty centrally located, mountainous as well, yeah. very mountainous. But Chile took their port, and so these poor people have a parade listening to seagulls and ship horns, uh, just like cry. remember those good old days. <laughs> yeah, wow. Korean Alphabet Day. As a writer, I'm pretty fond of the alphabet, but I'm. That's not this. I'm reading. Sorry, that's not me talking. Uh, I am fond of the alphabet, though. Uh, but still, I'm not ready to start a holiday in its honor. If I was a Korean writer, though, I would already have a day to celebrate. On October 9th, so coming up, the South Koreans celebrate Hangul Day, and on January 15th, the South Koreans observe Chosen Goal Day. But both holidays are intended to celebrate this, the creation of the Korean alphabet. Uh, a part of that, I have to believe, is a little bit. Not quite of an Independence Day, but Korea uh, hasn't always been, you know, independent Korea. Uh, so maybe it is part of a, of a we're coming to our own alphabet. We're having some independence on our own here. Uh, I'm not sure, but that is pretty neat. Mm. National Punctuation Day. If you are upset about the lack of national holiday to celebrate your alphabet of choice, you can always observe America's National Punctuation Day on September 24th instead. So that's also coming up. The holiday's website urges you to celebrate this occasion by reading a newspaper and circling all the punctuation errors, noting store signs that use incorrect punctuation, and purchasing a copy of Strunk and White's The Element of Style. Having fun yet? Well, maybe you can try writing a letter to a friend with correct punctuation to reflect on another year of wonderful grammar. I actually was just listening or watching the other day Victor Borga's uh, punctuation um, it's the one where he has a sound effect for every punctuation mark. Oh, okay. And then he reads a little story and, you know, a period is, yeah. And then, uh, 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 exclamation point is like yeah. that, you know, yeah. he, and then he's got the, the hands going with it. I'll, sure. I'll spare you the rest, but it goes kind of like that, but it's pretty funny. Um, enjoyable, enjoyable to listen to. How about national weather person's day? Weather announcers generally have impeccable speech, so it is only fitting that these well-spoken prophets of meteorology are given their own day of celebration. Thank you. February 5th marks the 1774 birth of John Jeffries, one of America's first weather observers. So how should you celebrate National Weather Person's Day? Start off by checking into the National Weather Service in the morning and then plan your day accordingly. At the end of the day, you can curse or praise the weather person for their accuracies or inaccuracies and how they affected your day. Sebastian starts... Most of his work days, <laughs> right at the National Weather Service. Yes, Labor Day. I'll, I'll do that. He'll for be you right still. there. Yeah. 
Uh, then you have Bermuda Day. You also have Blessed Rain Day, uh, Melon Day. How do you celebrate the creation of a popular crossbred breed of muskmelons? If you live in Turkmenistan, you celebrate <laughs> Turkmenbashi melons and muskmelons in general with a full day of festivities honoring the national holiday, which takes place every August 12th. The president of the country has even reflected how important the holiday is to the people, noting that since ancient times, Turkmenistan has been considered the homeland of the best melons in the world. Mm. Another couple we have is Picnic Day and Obama Day are to round out the top eight. Obama Day? Obama what? Day. Obama Day, while America is still wildly divided in their opinions of Obama, he's a national hero in Kenya. So oh, much so yes. that they created a national holiday to celebrate his victory at the polls. Every November 6th since 2008, Kenyans have celebrated the first-generation American through parties and other forms of celebration. If you're looking for a more local celebration for the president, apparently, uh, apparently Perry County, Alabama, has followed suit, declaring the second Monday of every November to be Obama Day. Although I somehow doubt the festivities are as major as they are in Kenya. Wow. <laughs> Moving forward to another, I feel, very good thing to look at as as part of our work week and work days. But three-day weekends are good for the environment. Amen. Yes, three-day weekends are good for the environment. <laughs> How so? Working fewer hours may be good for both our mental health and the health of the planet. Oh, boy. Sociologist Alex Williams reports that the conversation that reducing the average work week from five days to four could reduce American energy use by a whopping 20%. It could also improve our mental state. He goes on uh, and explores how new technology could change how we work. In his recent article, he pulls together several studies that argue that three-day weekends could drastically reduce energy consumption and create an economy that is more environmentally friendly. Mm. Citing a 2006 study by the Center of Economic and Policy Research, he explains that instituting the three-day weekend would reduce the amount of time Americans spend commuting to work and gas-guzzling, fumes-spewing cars, as well as the amount of energy used by offices to keep up lights, computers, air conditioning running all day. He also notes that a 2015 study in Sweden found that, for workers, fewer hours not only reduced illness, but increased productivity. Overall, he claims that after reviewing numerous studies of both the environmental and the psychological impact there is substantial evidence that reducing the number of days in the work week would improve environmental and mental well-being without damaging productivity. Now, I don't know how you could come to a conclusion about that. I, I, I have to believe a day off of work, an extra day off a week of work, would would decrease productivity. It would just have to. I mean, eight hours in the week less. Yeah, you know, there there is some research about how if you spend a, a little bit shorter time at work, um, you, the intensity of your work through those fewer hours is increased somewhat. Now, I don't know that a whole loss of eight, eight hours for the whole, you know, week yeah. would, I don't know. I don't know if it is that extreme, but you know, there, there is some evidence to support that, um, a little bit shorter day creates a little bit more intensity and urgency i agree i agree yeah. with the day idea i think the week idea cutting a whole day out yeah. would be hard to make up with the other four days because sure. uh, then your tuesday becomes your monday when we all know that's yeah. less profitable than a, a wednesday or thursday time period right a shorter day is a little but, bit different yes. it's a different uh 
sort of pace that you're setting. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And there you're only cutting an hour or two, not a full eight hours out. So True. who knows? Who knows uh, really if that'll ever happen? Some places you, you can have the four-day work week. You just work at 10 hours a day instead of eight. I did a couple of different jobs like that. I wasn't dis, um, uh, displeased with that. You know, four tens is basically what they called it, uh, as opposed to five eights. Uh, same amount of hours, just extra day off, just longer days throughout the week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take our um, middle of the hour break here. When we get back, we're going to finish our discussion of Labor Day, and then I have one other, one other, I guess, argument. I'm not going to get too deep into uh, concerning something that happened in sports this last week. Uh, again, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back in a little bit. back with uh, another part of Live Till 5. We've been talking about Labor Day. We had some news earlier, some what's in my coffee. And uh, before I left off, I said, we'll finish up our Labor Day discussion. And then uh, I had one other, I guess, discussion uh, that we might have up here um, before we finish the top of the hour, get to the top of the hour. But uh, the the question is here is, is what is Labor Day? Uh, what does labor want? We want more schoolhouses and less jails, more books and less arsenals, more learning and less vice, more leisure and less greed, more justice and less revenge. In fact, more of the opportunities to cultivate our better natures. So said Samuel Gompers, founder of the Federal Federation of Organized Trades and Labor Unions in 1881. On that day, uh, we honor working men and women. Let's revisit the origins of Labor Day. And now I'll not go through all this, but basically Labor Day has become... Uh, in this article, it says a last hurrah for summer. Uh, some schools, uh, in fact, many of the colleges and others in the states, start the Tuesday after Labor Day. Uh, August schooling is, is a foreign idea. Uh, ever since I've been here, we've always started in August, and it's just part of July is kind of your last hurrah of summer, really. <laughs> August means school. Um, but for some schools, August is still summer, and September becomes uh, the start of school. Um, but you also have the closing of pools. Uh, a lot of times is Memorial Day, maybe sometime before that is when they open, and then Labor Day becomes the day to pull the boat out of the water, um, shut down the pool. But uh, a lot of what this started with was the labor union um, were almost as old as the nation itself. As early as 1648, the seeds of unionization were planted when coopers and shoemakers in Boston uh, Coopers are barrel makers uh, in Boston, banded together and formed it guilds, uh, something that came from Europe, actually. They had sort of the guild idea going. The first collective I bargaining— I find it interesting that the barrel makers banded together. Banded together. That's an interesting <laughs> yes, one. Yes, they banded many things, including themselves. Yeah. Uh, collective bargaining was uh, formed in Philadelphia in 1792, and then again, like I read earlier, later on in 1881, um, some things started where they ended up honoring— labor unions and what they meant 
in our, in our in our workforces and communities and ended up giving a day of labor um, to commemorate them. And labor unions, depending on what state you're from, can mean very different things. In fact, I grew up with a place very effective affected by the UAW, the Union of Auto Workers, uh, living in Flint. Um, we had about 11 plants that were there. And I probably couldn't tell you a year that went by from being about till 15 where I didn't see a strike at some point, uh, union out there picketing. And so in other places, they're very positive, but it just kind of depends on what sort of experiences you've personally maybe had with the union uh, as to what you think of them. And times change. Times change. Sometimes, uh, you know, management and uh, companies have the upper hand and they become oppressive to the. Right. And then there have been times such as in the auto uh, industry where the unions are now riding roughshod over the management. And so things they tend to depends. change. Yeah, they tend to yeah. change. So it's not like one final answer. Uh, as times change, sometimes the right. the ne- necessity for unions right. versus the necessity for you know stronger management. When they started, uh, it was for a lot of good reasons because things, working conditions, working hours, working pay wasn't really where it should be. Nor at the beginning of all that did people really know, per se, of what things should look like. Uh, so unions at the time were kind of the, 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 the savior to a lot of these individuals. And like he said, they've, they've changed and, and morphed into different things and some very powerful, others not. But um, all that to say, we have a day of labor or Labor Day, uh, remembering the creation of those and the effect they've had on the U.S. and, and other countries. Okay, the other thing I was saying uh, is back in, I believe, last weekend even uh, at a preseason football game, uh, a player for the San Francisco 49ers, Colin Kaepernick, did not stand for uh, the national anthem when it was played at the beginning of the game. He very visibly sat uh, on a bleacher or on a, on a bench uh, while the rest of the teams uh, stood during the national anthem, something that happens every game. Uh, pretty much of every league, uh, every baseball, basketball, football, you name it, the national anthem is is sung or played, and um, players stand res- out of the respect for the flag and what it stands for. And in this situation, he he sat um, and then explained after the game, this is why. And and his I don't have a, a a clip of it. I probably thinking back maybe should have gotten one, but his whole goal is I can't stand for a flag that represents a country that is not in a a right place when it comes to racial matters is basically his argument uh, for that. And so I did bring it up in my class. And believe it or not, a lot of the sports issues uh, that happen with players' things stay sort of in the ESPN world. This one, however, has sort of morphed into something that a lot of the news networks have kind of taken on and had discussions and arguments about. And so I asked my class, you know, what they thought on the matter, and their thoughts were were interesting. They didn't have wrong ones. They 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 agreed that it may not have been done right, but again, most of them didn't have a have a personal opinion on it because they just hadn't thought about it. Uh, but really, when it comes down to these sort of things, what I challenged them with is that no matter what is going to be said in this situation actions always speak louder than words. And that was, that was my, um, my, my challenge to them 
is even though there may be some explaining to do, even though there might be things to be said later on about, well, this is this is what I'm doing it for and this is what I meant, already by doing that, you'd send a message of where you're at with the very country you live in. And as a person who the fans are coming to see and kids are wearing his jersey, to me, I just the actions spoke louder than any words he could probably say. And, and I just, this is the kind of thing we're going to begin seeing more and more of in America. And, and, um, I just don't know if the general public are, are ready to be thinking, uh, about what their answer is to these sort of things. Cause there was a lot of angry, brash actions, um, toward this. And then other people are saying, you know, it's his right, uh, to do this sort of thing. Um, and, and even though I may not agree, and then other people are saying it's about time that somebody did something like this uh, and drew attention to the the issue at hand. And so you really have from from zero to 100 different opinions and, and things on it. And so I think what he wanted to have happen has happened. I think the attention given to this matter has uh, has happened. And uh, and now it's just kind of going to be what happens from here. Is there a domino effect of other people not standing? But as far as I've seen in other games, uh, there was a lot of tweets and, and pictures of teams all standing on the sideline. So, so far, it still seems like a respect for the flag and a standing for it is not now the general thing that's supported, um, but yet something he decided to do. It is his right, but to me, I don't think that was the method to go about it. But to each his own sometimes with, with those things. Yeah, I always wonder if people know why they're doing things. We're, we're not a nation of why anymore. Um, every book you read tells you five practical tips for everything, and we've been absolutely killed with practicality. Mm-hmm. People don't know reasons for anything. Right. So they don't look at why you would stand for a flag and have any theory as to why that might be a good idea or why that might be a bad idea. Um, they don't seem to have any theory on uh, why the system of government in America is any better than any other system of government because they, they don't understand why. So they can tell you right. five practical tips for, uh, you know, expressing your opinion on social media or or something of that <laughs> nature. But you don't necessarily know the the reasons behind it. So sometimes I, I think whenever these issues come up, people love to argue over particular actions But you have to, those moments when you learn things or when you step back and try to um, take stock of why you do something, why do you treat a flag in a certain way? Why do you take a flag down when the sun goes down? Why do you not let it touch the ground? Why do you, you know, there there are these things that we do out of tradition for a reason. And perhaps people don't know why they're taking place. Right. And sometimes then actions that are offensive to others who know why they're taking place, you know, are even more because that, you know, they say, wait a minute, right. you're doing something offensive and maybe the other person doesn't even realize the point right. behind it. Well, and, and the same thing when you do things for so long, you, you start to forget why you're even doing it. Of course. Uh, you know, you, you, <laughs> you get in rote habit of just standing. Uh, you get in rote habit of taking of your hat off. Yeah. You know, all sorts of things, not even just with the flag, just all sorts of things in yeah. life that yeah. had meaning when they originally happened. And now that it's been going on for most of your life, all your life, a certain way, um, you know, and, and the other thing I find ironic is the overwhelming 
amount of attention this has gotten when there's other issues and other things that have happened that people just, because they've been happening so long, again, people are just almost numb to it. But I don't remember the last time somebody not standing in the news got this kind of attention when we've had all sorts of, I would say, worse moral issues than this. And sure. and now they've happened so long. Again, for like, for example, abortion per se. That's going on in our country for 40 years. Sure. And no one's sitting down over that. We've just almost right. said this is this is a, an issue we have in our country now. But because this is a pretty fresh new conflict, yeah. uh, it's getting a lot of the a lot of the attention. So it is interesting. I don't necessarily I, I didn't bring it up for argument's sake. I, you know, again, I, I don't I don't have answers. Um, however, it is just kind of interesting to see where our country's at um, with with things that and, and current issues. No matter what happens with it, attention is drawn all over the place for it. But then when you get used to certain other things that I would say require as much or more attention are, are now just kind of part of our DNA and, and it's just, it just becomes a non-issue and, and people just move on with their life. So uh, it, it's interesting uh, the, how, how life moves through uh, in different waves, ways. Um, and we'll see what happens with this. I'm, I'm thankful we have a country of freedom. Um, and I, I want to remember that when it comes to these sort of things. Uh, lastly, um, before we finish our show, there is uh, this weekend an opportunity to join us here uh, at, at a church service. Uh, Sunday morning, 9.30 Sunday school, 10.30 will be our, our main service. But uh, I think Chris brought this up actually at the uh, top of the last hour before we took a break, that we do have watch care. And if you are part of our church or have been visiting a while, I would encourage you to uh, seek out one of the pastors and maybe join um, one of those watch cares, be able to come to one of the small uh, local gatherings at one of the houses. And uh, it's a great opportunity to get to know people in the church and uh, get to know uh, their their families and, and just a different side of them outside of, of meeting in the church. But uh, one of the things I want to leave with uh, you this um, this weekend is in Psalm 19, we, I had my class, we read through this actually two different times, not the whole thing, but a majority of it, as we've been talking about creation and, um, and evolution and the argument there. In fact, I was just watching a video, uh, I haven't seen video on Kent Hoven in probably a good dozen years uh, since I was back in high school, but... He's been in jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's probably Kent why. Kent Hoven has been in yeah. jail. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes, he, he's been in prison. That's why you haven't seen anything from him. Oh, that's so, why. Yeah. Glad I brought that up. I watched a YouTube <laughs> video of him um, the other day, though. That's why. Right. Because, he, he, you know, some of his arguments, I'm, again, I'm, that's what I'm teaching in, in Bible class. Right. Is that what I mean? And his, a lot of his stuff... Yeah, back then was like great. Those outlines or those things are yeah are are, are good things. So that's why I was watching it. Just a, a refresher on on his on his creation points, I guess I would say. But um, basically, let me encourage you with this going into the weekend. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of the chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. 
Nothing is deprived of its warmth. And uh, I just encouraged my kids. I, I said, this, this is, um, this is amazing. David, David's writing here and the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim. But then, uh, the rest of these verses, I haven't paid as much attention to, but they begin talking about how, uh, day after day, they pour forth speech is, is God's creation, uh, talks for the Lord. It's his voice box. Um, people call it, or people call it the term of general revelation is, is, is creation is a constant reminder of, of who God is and how vast and how great and how big he is. And when you begin to look at certain videos they have out there about, about, um, how big stars are and how far they are and how far apart they are, just knowing that God declared these things to be, and then now they declare his glory back. And um, again, I'm not a, a um, astrologist. Um, is that a mixture of the or two a scientist words? Or I'm not a an scientist. An astrologist, I think, uh, is uh, an astronomer. Astronomer is what I'm right, looking for. Right. An yeah. astrologist is like tells you, predicts the future I think that's the, in the stars. Yeah, I don't do that. And you're not that. I'm not that. So you are correct. I'm neither. <laughs> I'm neither of those. Right. Um, but I still enjoy looking at creation, especially here. Um, we live over um, near uh, Tizen or in Tizen, and the sunsets, specifically a couple nights ago, were um, were amazing. And and I will say the the times I see things like that, it's like man, the Lord gave us that just because He loves us, and it just shows us His creation uh, and how beautiful. Um, things can be. And, and I look at that, I'm like, there is no possible way, even a camera, you hold your iPhone up to capture that picture or any phone up, and it just doesn't do it justice. No. What God has put out there for, for us to enjoy just can't be duplicated. And um, the fact that these things all over the world, uh, day after day, pour forth speech, night after night, reveal knowledge of who he is. Uh, they have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. But still, the communication of how good and how big God is is uh, is so awesome. So I would encourage you to come and join us if you can on Sunday. Uh, I do know that um, there there is a Sunday school for anywhere you're at. And there's young marriage class. There's uh, home builders. And there's youth group and children's and uh, uh, singles class. But um, if you if you can't make that, then come at ten thirty. We'd love to have you in the main service. And then of course, um, try to join in with a watch care. Uh, a home gathering service that night uh, be a real encouragement to you. Uh, before we go, um, I, I just wanted to uh, go over one more thing. Uh, this um, this evening, there will be the girls will be playing tonight at, at 5.30. You also will be able to catch the uh, rebound of this show at um, noon to 2 tomorrow and then 7 to 9 on Sunday night. Uh, this has been Lawrence Nangas. I've been in here for Jared. He'll be back next week. He's been off in Thailand and I've been thankful for this time to be up here and, um, and, 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 and talking with you and Chris and Sebastian. I appreciate you guys joining me as well. And, uh, and I, think, um, I think we'll go ahead and uh, close out the hour. I know it's a little early, but um, thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next week. Jared will be back. This has been 88.1 KHMG Radio. Uh, have a great weekend.